You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 39 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. I'm your host, Christian. Find me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. What up? And Stack Guy Rye. Yo. What's up, fellas? How we feeling today? Like shit. Like shit? Yeah. We got Gliber Good coming up, baby. Yeah? Yeah. It's okay. a good few days to be a Yankee fan, right? Christian's mad at me. We'll get it out of the way because I know he's going to do it anyway. He's mad at me because I broke one of his limited edition Derek Jeter figurines or whatever he calls them. And he's mad at me, but I see it as a sign. Of what? That Torres is the youngest guy to be called up before July 1st since Derek Jeter. So that's why you And he's kind of like, yo, it's my time now. Okay. You know? So get me a limited edition Gliber Torres figurine and we can be even. Okay. Who is the oldest Yankee in today's starting lineup? Brett Gardner. Oh, he's not playing today. Uh, who is it? Probably wow. Aaron Hicks, right? He is 29 years old and 151 days. It's not Hicks. Hicks isn't that old. Hold on. Let it's me the think. First for... time this year the Yankees are featuring a lineup that has everybody uh, is under 30. Wow. Well, the line, it's Hicks. It's. Uh, Judge, Didi, Stanton, oh, Aaron, Ro- uh, Aaron, Ro- it's Austin Romine, right? Oh, uh, wow. But if Gary, <laughs> if Gary was catching and Stanton, and Stanton was DHing or something and Gardy was playing, it would be Gardy? How old's Gardy? He's 32. He's, he's 34. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's that old? Yeah. He's born in 83. That's pretty crazy though. They're all under 30. I thought Romine was a little older than that. I guess not. Looks older. We're sitting here recording about an hour before Gliber Torres makes his major league debut. The uh, story broke about two hours after the Yankees' 9-1 to victory over the Toronto Blue Jays on Saturday afternoon that Gliber Torres is headed to the Bronx. Pretty excited, man. I think, I mean, we get a pretty good feel by posting things on Twitter and how excited people are. And it seems like everyone is very excited and everyone knows what kind of a big deal this is. So this is the, I mean, outside of uh, today, I don't know what Boone's reasoning is. I haven't heard it that Gary's the DH and uh, Romine's catching. This is the lineup a lot of people thought the Yankees were going to go to battle with this year with Andujar at third and Torres at second. <clears throat> I said to you the other day that we look pretty smart right now because all offseason, all we talked about was Tyler Wade not being ready. And everyone gave us a hard time. And you know what? I ate my words because to start the year in the first couple of games, he looked much different. He had a big hit. It, but what I'm saying is he looked a lot different at the plate. He didn't look like Outside a scared. That, a big hit. He didn't really look a lot. To me, with my eyes, he didn't look a lot better. He had that one hit where he drove in a couple runs. And up. we said how many times that Andujar should be the guy. Especially because it seemed as if the Yankees didn't get cold because of him. 
So if you if you feel this guy is that valuable, why isn't he starting at third base? Well, he is now. He's. T- I'm, we'll get into it later in the show. We got some news about Brandon Drury and his migraines. Uh, but heading into Sunday's contest, uh, Andujar has eight extra base hits in his last five games. Crazy. And he's hitting, and I tweeted this yesterday, he's hitting like the guy the Yankees did not want to trade for Garrett Cole. He's showing the Yankees and Brian Cashman that maybe you made the right decision. Yeah, 40 at ba- 48 at-bats for Miguel Andujar is bad. <coughs> 250, two home runs, nine RBI. Yeah, but that 250 average is weighed down because he really didn't hit a lot right. for how long without getting a hit? How many at bats? I think he, I think he went 15 to 18 at bats without getting a hit. So you almost take the the um, the batting average and throw it out at this point. And you, you really just, just got to really look don't at think his it's that bad. No, 250 really is respectable for a guy like Andrew Hart, but you just take what he's done in the last week. Since the Marlins series, really, he's been the he's been that guy, and he looks more confident at the plate too. He's really swinging. I don't know. He's yeah, really good. Up he's there. got that huge helicopter to his swing. Yeah. You see that? They were trying to figure out who he who he looked like up at the plate. Yeah, he does remind. He's me got of a somebody. very free, almost like a. I don't want to say a Vlad Guerrero swing. Someone I think Curry said uh, reminds him of Beltre a little bit. That could be who I'm thinking of, actually, but. I mean, the Yankees, if Torres can come up and, and get hot right away, the Yankees are back to having good problems. Because when Jury does come back and Bird is healthy, which could be within the next few weeks, I mean, what do you do? All right. We'll break down some of the uh, the Marlins series because we were there Tuesday night and one of the most I don't even know what the word is. The the one of the worst experiences I ever had at Yankee Stadium. It was the worst. Combined for me. with if you combine the weather with the team's performance, it really was one of the worst experiences I've ever had at a Yankee game. And like then we the have, Mother's Day game we went to for Derek Jeter's day. Yeah. That game sucked. If you if that was just the game we went to, that game would have been pretty bad, but it was Derek Jeter Day, so it wasn't the worst experience. All right, so we'll we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. We'll also get into uh, the first couple games of the Blue Jays series. Uh, but right now, let's just since the big story is Gleyber Torres and the rippling effects he has on this roster. Let's just let's work through that right now. <clears throat> so Torres comes up. Somebody's got to go down. Wade Tyler Wade was sent down this morning. Um, I reached out to a couple different people yesterday, our contacts that we've made uh, through doing this, and they all said that Tyler Wade being sent down doesn't spell the end of Tyler Wade in New York, which you and I discussed, I believe it was last week, that I felt that maybe if you sent Tyler Wade down that his future wasn't going to be in the Bronx. But from what I was able to gather... Excuse me. Uh, the Yankees never envisioned Tyler Wade as being a full-time, everyday starting player. That he was always supposed to be that super utility guy, a Ben Zobris type to play second base, play third base. Maybe you know, and you've heard people say he could play a little outfield, do that type of thing. Maybe get himself 110 games a year or something like that. The so, only the only way you can argue that his time isn't done in the Bronx is that. He hasn't done anything to to value himself. I mean, if the Yankees, because I still believe, I'm still confident that the Yankees have have big expectations for him in whatever role they see fit for him. So they're not just going to get rid of him for nobody. But at the same time, I mean, 
Who wants? To, who's going crazy over Tyler Wade right now? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, that's the issue that the Yankees have right now. They almost have to pray, even if they don't want him to be on their ball club, that he gets hot in Scranton because you don't want to just trade Tyler Wade for a middle reliever with a 5.9 ERA. Right. Right. Because that's what he would probably f- fetch you right now. Right. And and like I said, that's the only argument you can make that maybe his future is with this team because maybe they just got to ride it out. Maybe he's going to be here by default. But I st- I'm still confident that Tyler Wade can make an impact on this team. I just don't think it's right now. Because think about it like this. You got Tyler Wade who – I'm sure Ryan can get us his, his numbers down Scranton last year. He's a 300 hitter down there, right? But you know what? But then he comes up here and he looks like he has never swung a bat in but his life. But what do you do with a guy like this? Does he just does he just fall through the cracks as a as a four A player? That's what I was going to say. Is Tyler Wade a four A player? Because you can't. He's a liability in this lineup. He's an automatic out. But at the same time, he's killing it in AAA. So what do you do? He hit 310 in Scranton last year. So he showed that he can master the AAA level, but he has not shown any um, mastery of the major league. I level. don't think you, you could say what he you had. Mean. He had 105 hits and 39 at bats for Scranton in 2017. Combined in his two years for the Yankees, he's 12 for 93. Wow! Because here's what I was gonna say. I think the problem with Tyler Wade isn't that he's not a talented baseball player. I mean, we've seen glimpses of of what he's capable of doing, especially defensively. But I think Tyler Wade is very intimidated. I think he plays like he's intimidated. He doesn't he doesn't have the same swing in the major leagues as he does in AAA. Do you I, think? Do you put any stock into this that he came up with these guys, Judge and Stanton, and even you want to throw Greg Bird in there? And these uh, not Stanton, I'm sorry, Gary Sanchez, and these guys are coming up here and. They are basically superstars or close to it uh, in Major League Baseball. And here you got Tyler Wade. Do you think he's trying to play catch up with these guys? I don't. I don't because I think these guys have made a name for themselves. Well, Greg Bird, not so much a superstar, but when Greg Bird is healthy, he plays on that level. I think that these guys have made a name for themselves because of how far they hit the ball. And I'm not saying Judge and Sanchez aren't great all around, but I think – Wade knows he's in a different category right off the bat. I don't think – I'm not going to say that doesn't cause any pressure on him, but I don't think that's the main reason. I think he puts too much pressure on himself. I think he comes up and he feels like if he doesn't go five for five, he's going to get sent back down. And then it becomes a it becomes a mental block for him. And, and look where he is now. Do you think the Yankees gave him a fair stretch this year? Yes, I do. I do because, you know, Rye, you keep saying it's such a small sample size still. But at the same time, he's not producing anything. You can't keep someone like that in your lineup. You just can't. I think it's it's really hard to develop a guy on a team that has such uh, high potential. When you look at guys like Judge and Sanchez, they were coming up when the Yankees weren't really supposed to go to the it's World a great Series. Point. They, they didn't have those expectations. This was Wade's first really big opportunity to prove himself. That's a great point. And they're a team that's supposed to go to the World Series. So when you start out slow like that, look at Stanton. Stanton's getting booed right now. Imagine if, being a rookie prospect. If Wade right was coming up when the Yankees kind of threw in the towel a couple years ago, you can ride it out and you can let him get 100-something right. at-bats and, and you don't have you know much to expect. 
But when you have a team who going into this year is favored to win the World Series by a <laughs> lot of people out there, you can't keep a guy in your lineup who's batting under 100. You, you know can't. what? The perfect storm hit Tyler Wade because Gliber Torres started the year in Scranton and he just – he just blew the doors off. He hit and he hit and he continued to hit. So you got this guy down there who's your top prospect who is begging to come up because his play demands that you bring him up. So how could you justify keeping Gliber Torres in AAA when Tyler Wade's hitting 093 or whatever right. it is? And then on top of that, he got beat out by Ronald Torres. Torres is hitting over 400 this year. I was just going to ask you. And you're, you're better at this stuff than I am. So I really don't have a good idea. Uh, you must really feel bad about breaking oh my, my statue. God, I if, don't feel bad at all. If you're complimenting me at being better <sighs> than you at something. Uh, realistically, if Torres stays healthy and he continues to hit the way he's been doing or produce in any way for this team, how many more years can you see Torres being this, in this role for the Yankees? Realistically. All right. Can you see him being here for another four or five years? I don't know what his contract situation is. But Put aside the contract. Because no, because it, that's it, never going to be an issue for the Yankees. It will be because I'm going to tell you why. If he be hits free agency, is there a team out there that says, hey, look what Torres does on the w- with the Yankees. Playing a good amount of games, can he do that for me? 140 games a year. Right. But, so somebody will give maybe give Torres a starting position somewhere at starter money but i think Torres is okay in the role he's in he plays a lot of games still he gets a lot of at bats but if you can but i but you what don't i'm know saying what's is, in his head but, but what i'm saying is even if even if his value is that high and someone comes in with a big contract it's not going to be too big that the yankees can't match or beat it yeah but if the yankees are going to try to keep themselves around this 197 million dollar number you're going to go and pay ronald Torres eight nine ten million dollars a year I, to be a utility guy listen I, but but now you're but now you're contradicting yourself completely now because he's not just a utility guy but he is that's but what his about role what is he, on this but team i understand that but when you have the best utility guy in baseball, that is more valuable than just saying he's just a utility I guy. I understand that, but he is just a utility guy. If somebody comes in there and offers uh, Ronald Torres two years, $18 million to be their starting second baseman, the Yankees are not going to match that. They're not going to match that. He only has a little over two years of MLB service time. So what is it? Uh, less than six years. You're basically under team control. So I mean, that's a problem that they really don't have to worry about. Yeah, if he does, if he's years. got another and three years, he also okay. Has to maintain. This so level. now that's three years, right? At that point, then it's not even going to be a matter of what team will pay him. He's going to want to be a starter somewhere. At that point, okay. If he's producing like this. He's going to want to go start somewhere. But here's so this is kind of good to my point now. If Torres is here no matter what for another three years, what does that do to Tyler Wade? Are we really just going to let him sit in the minor leagues for another three years? He's going to – no, you can't. Maybe another two years. But then, then how that, do you raise his value? Year, on that contract year for Torres, when the time comes, if he's still producing at this level, maybe you dump Torres in a trade and, and then you have Wade take over that role. Tyler that Wade, will, Tyler Wade will not be in the minor leagues in 2019. He will either – he. He will be with a major league ball club. Somebody will take him. How my but my only question is how does he raise his value? He's because, gonna have to go out because, there and hit three fifty in there's Scranton. 20, there's, he has to do but, it. But I don't care if he hits seven hundred in Scranton. He still has proven 
He hasn't proven that he can play in the major leagues. He has literally proven that he is nowhere near ready to play in the major leagues. But if he goes down there and he hits 350 in Scranton and the Yankees just let him go down there and ride that all year, somebody will call up and say, hey, you know what? I like what I saw out of Tyler Wade after he got demoted. He didn't, he didn't sulk. He went out there and he played hard. And I'm going to take a flyer on him. Maybe I can give you something All decent right. for and him. And you know what? I think that person is pretty stupid. Why? Because I see him as a guy who has already had success in the minor leagues, big success in the minor leagues, and a guy who just clearly can't translate that into into the bigs. Yeah, well, you know what? If he goes down there and he hits a buck 25 over the next 30 games, then he has no value to anybody, and he should try to apply for a job at Costco then because <laughs> no one's going to want him to play baseball for them. Uh, it's going to be interesting, uh, you know. But like I said, the Yankees are going to be back to having good problems again. Aaron Judge in his rookie year, he had 84 at-bats. He struck out 42 times. He had a batting average of 179. Tyler Wade's only had nine more at-bats in his career than Aaron Judge did in his rookie year for the Yankees, or his tech, his first year with the Yankees. It's just it's not a big enough sample size to really but again, say whether or not I know you're a big, good, but his value is totally down. It's the lowest it's, it's been not, in a long time. It's not but his batting would average. Be out there. It's just not his batting average, though. It's not just that. It's how he's making these outs. It's his swing. It's his it's his composure in the major leagues. Judge he Judge could have struck out seventy out of the eighty times. But his first at bat, he hit a ball five hundred feet. You knew that this guy was capable of something massive, and Wade has not shown you that once, not once. We said it here before, and it's not to disrespect Tyler Wade. No, I, I like the guy. Tyler Wade. If you want to compare, you want to use that as a point of comparison of what Aaron Judge did in his cameo in two thousand sixteen. You saw glimpses of what Aaron Judge could be in that 84 at-bats. I never, in 93 at-bats, yeah. I have never seen that Tyler Wade can be a capable Major League Baseball player. You always said, you know, if Judge, he, he's striking out a lot, but man, when he hits that ball. You're right. right. So. No, that makes sense. I just, I just, I, I don't like measuring a guy's value until he's at at least 100 at-bats, and he didn't even get that in his entire career with the Yankees. He but, had a, but, you know but what, you know what Ryan? He had, he, he's how many away? Seven? Yeah, he's seven away. So what? Even if he goes seven for seven, what's his career batting average? I mean, it's still abysmal. You say he had twelve hits in ninety three at bats. Be like two hundred. You know, so there's there's your hundred. There's your hundred. Give him seven more at bats, so you could feel better about having a hundred at bats, and he's still going to be terrible. So it kind of goes. Don't like the weather excuse, but I I I think the weather's been no, it has been, and and I'll say this again. That that definitely played a part. I'll say this again. I don't, I don't like to use the weather excuse, but when you're talking about a team who has got off to a rough start and they they can't seem to find a, a, a way to click and you have weather that's this bad on top of it, it's tough for them to gel. All right, but last year he came up in the summertime and he still couldn't hit the ball. So, <laughs> right. you know, all right, listen, we're. We're all trying to make excuses for the kid because we want him to succeed. I we don't, don't want, want to Tyler Wade fail. to be bad. I don't want to sit here and say he sucks, but I mean he hasn't he hasn't really done much to change my mind. All right, no one cares about Tyler Wade. Let's move <laughs> on here. Uh, so again, numbers crunch now, right? So Tyler Wade was the first one to feel it. What's going to happen when Brandon Drury comes back? Because report came out yesterday that they finally found the cause. <coughs> 
excuse me, of his uh, migraines. He had a irritated tendon in his neck that shot up into his head, which caused the blurry vision and the migraine. So he, him and the doctors are working on a treatment program to correct that. And Aaron Boone said that he could see rehab games as early as, <clears throat> excuse me, as the weekend after the Yankees go on the road after the series with the Twins. So he was a starting third baseman. He was brought here by Brian Cashman. You're going to see a big uproar if Andujar... Now Miguel... But that's what I'm saying. Miguel Andujar is hot now. If he stays hot through the next 10, 12 games and Brandon Drury's ready to come back, what are you doing? Listen, we've seen it time and time again. The Yankees are an organization that have they have an agenda and they like to see that go to fruition. Their agenda is to have Brandon Drury be their starting third baseman. They didn't care what Andujar did in the in spring training. I know he fell off at the end, but it didn't matter if he hit 500 during the spring. Brandon Drury was going to be yeah, the third baseman. Yeah, mind was made up already. Right? So my thing is, as crazy as it sounds, if Andujar stays this hot and Drury's back and ready to play, they're going to give it to Drury again. And there's gonna it's going to cause a big <coughs> uproar. It really is. And it's justified because... How can you tell me that you're going to take Andujar out of this game, out of, out of the lineup for a guy who's been injured for six years and didn't say a word about it and who also, before he got injured, was what? Oh, for his last 12 or something? He wasn't hitting the ball. Well, he did in the first couple of games, but that was it. Well, the migraines popped back up. So now if you Look, can see clearly. This is, this is part of getting injured in, in the big leagues. You get injured, you're risking a, a, another player coming in and stealing I'm your not job. Dig- I don't disagree with that. I, if Andujar stays hot and Drury's ready to come back, Andujar should be playing. But will he? No, he won't be. I think when the time comes, if it comes when Drury's ready to come back, if you look at the team's errors, if they got him under control a little bit, then I think they'll keep Andujar in the lineup. Not about Andujar's errors, about the team's total errors. If they're still, uh, if they still look shaky defensively, Drury's going to be right back. At well, face. I'll say this: I kind of I broke down the numbers a lot this week, and I was looking at where they're really struggling struggling defensively. It's all at third base. If you break down, I'm not just saying just Andujar. If you break down the third base position, because Toe has a couple over at third, uh, Jury had a few at third, Andujar has a few at third. I love Toe, Majar- but he's not a third no. baseman. He should not be. No, playing. but he does make some great plays. I would. I don't feel comfortable with no. him at he third base. He made a good base. play the other night, right on Thursday. I think. Yeah, I was, I was listening. It was a very played. nice play. But when I was breaking this down by position. Third base has been their biggest defensive issue. If you take away even half of those errors from third base, the Yankees are nowhere near the top of the most errors committed in, well, in the league. Before Friday's game, Aaron Boone made them take mandatory infield practice. And it worked. And for Friday and Saturday marked the first time this year that the Yankees went back-to-back games without committing an error. Which is sad. Nice stat by stat guy, Rye. He's he th- thrown us stats when we're at a beefsteak. You, oh, you, you know, try a beefsteak. Yeah, but would you eat beef? <laughs> but you know, a, a lot of it's coming at third base. But jury, jury isn't innocent either. He's got a few under his belt as well. Again, so, so now, how optimistic are you about Brandon Drury if he could be a two sixty five hitter with slug thirteen home runs when he can't see the friggin' ball? Listen, <laughs> the pace that Andujar's at. I think he's a better player. 
The I, reason I think it's different how you were saying the Yankees have an agenda, I think they usually have an agenda when guys are under, uh, when, when they're getting paid a lot of money. And Drury's under a very team-friendly contract, so they don't have that sort of back burner. I, this guy's making $20 million, we got to start him. I agree with you to an extent. Um, Here's the only th- reason why this is a little different, for putting money aside, is because we all know Cashman has his certain players. Yep. And Jury is one of those guys. When you hear Cashman was trying to get him for years or however long it was, and he finally got him this year, you know it's somebody that Brian Cashman wanted. Right. So he's going to do anything for Jury to succeed. So that's that. Other than that, you are 100% right. If Jury wasn't one of these big Cashman guys, no, it, it, Andrew Hart would. You know, be up here, and that would be it. See, but. when we tweeted the news yesterday that uh, Drury, you know, found the cause of his issue, and he's gonna might be going to rehab. People overwhelmingly positive response. They're very happy for him. Yes, but that he, you know, he can get healthy now. But they're also very upset about what this means to Miguel Andujar. Let me ask you this: <clears throat> He comes back and he's healthy. Can you keep Andujar and Drury? Up on the twenty-five man roster, can they do that? Can they? Do they have enough space for both of them? Well, I don't know what Drury's. Uh, can Drury go to Scranton? I mean, could they send him down? Does I he think have so. Options. I think I'm pretty so. Pretty sure he does. I'll look. I'll look it up. I'm but almost yeah, Chris, positive. You're absolutely right about the third base errors. It's it's every like Didi has one. Tyler Austin has one. The only ones with multiples: Ronald Torres, Miguel Andujar. Brandon Jury actually leads the team with three errors. And they're all at third base. So it's it's bad. Third base position has been the 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 biggest cause of this defensive um whatever you want to call it. So do you atrocity. keep do you keep Drury up here, knowing that maybe he could rove a little bit, play third, play second, that's maybe what I'm even saying. Play a little first base. That's what I'm saying. Maybe because we know this new era of baseball now where guys are getting a day off every other day, maybe Drury's value really comes when other guys need days off because he can play around the infield. Maybe when he and when he's playing his rehab games back in, in Scranton when he is healthy again, maybe they start experimenting with him around the diamond a little bit. And can he play a little outfield too? I think I heard that. I think I did too. So he can still bring value to this team. I just don't agree with them only making a spot for him by sending Anduhar down. And then if Anduhar goes ice cold, then you then yeah, and then, then you reevaluate the situation. But if he's going to continue to play the way he is right now, it is completely the wrong move. To replace him with anybody. And uh, <clears throat> moving over to the uh, other side of the diamond at first base. Apparently Greg Bird's not that far away. I heard maybe a target date of May 15th for him to that return. That would be to very the... nice. That so now very what nice. do you so now you got a crunch over there. Tyler Austin and Neil Walker have been playing first base, so who's who's the odd man out there? Right. I like I said, the Yankees have good problems again. Tyler yeah. does Tyler Austin have an option? I think I mean, he has two left. I want to say he's played well enough that can you really justify sending no. him down? I but- told you I I I wanted to really kind of break down his start to the season too. The guy's got three home runs. Granted, it's all off the same pitcher, but you know he's got nine or ten RBIs or so, maybe maybe more after yesterday. I'm not sure. And he's batting nearly 300. Thought I saw him around 290. He was around 289 the other day, but he picked up another couple hits. So 
I mean, again, another guy you really can't justify at least being your backup first baseman. But do the Yankees want him in a backup role? Would they rather have him playing every day? I don't know because I I honestly... What does he profile as in the major leagues? Is he just a backup player? It's so tough to say. It's so tough to say because he's definitely not a guy who should be in Scranton. Do you feel that way? Like, this guy is part of this team. I feel that. No, I don't think he... I don't know. He's a part of this team right now. If Tyler Austin played every day, let's say he played 145 games this year, could he hit 25 home runs? Uh, That's tough to say. He does... Listen, part of part of Tyler Austin's downfall is that they claim he's not good against right-handed pitching. I know he has his few home runs off of a right-handed pitcher, but again, that was the same pitcher. So it's tough to say. It's tough to say. Yeah, he's he rakes against righties when it's all been off one guy. I need to see more of Tyler Austin against right-handed pitching. All right. So if Bird comes back, he's healthy, he's ready to go. Does he platoon with Bird? That's what I'm, I mean, possibly, possibly. It seems like the Yankees are confident with, with Stanton in the outfield if they need him there. So he's playing left field today. So even, even if Bird is going to take a day, you know, a half day in DH, you can throw Tyler Austin at first and you're still keeping two nice bats in your lineup. But so, again, I need to see Tyler Austin against right-handed pitching more. So you're so then Neil Walker is going to f- get his walking papers if he continues to play the way he is now. Can you justify keeping him here if there's not space for him? You can't keep three utility guys. That's right. what the problem is because you're going to Torres is safe, and then if Miguel Andujar is going to hold on to the third base spot, and Brandon Drury could be that guy that could play a couple different infield positions. What role does Neil Walker have if when Greg Bird is healthy? It's not a not a big one. <clears throat> yeah, I think Walker was the same on the same boat with uh, Tyler Wade. Even just you had to really temper your expectations for him. He missed the entire spring, but they just don't have the time to give these guys yeah. those at bats to really develop. Yeah, but you also you know what type of major league baseball player ty- um, right. Neil Walker is. You know that when but he it's gets, gotta be tough to miss. Spring yeah, training. of course. When he gets into his groove, you know what type of player you're going to get. And the type of player that he has potential to be can be valuable on this team. But, you know, you have too many guys c- coming back now and coming up that if you're not performing, I'm sorry, I don't care what kind of potential you have. If you haven't shown us any of it up to date, you don't. there's no room for you Especially right now. Especially on a team that's trying to win the World Series. Back to what you guys were talking about before with the player options. These are the only Yankees on the 25-man roster right now that are out of options. Gary Sanchez, Aaron Hicks, Dellen Batances, Austin Romine, and Chasen Shreve. So Brandon Drury still has some options for, for the minor league. At least, at least one option. I think Tyler Austin has two or three. Shreve, though. Shreve's going to have to stay up. If, Shreve if has stopped, a zero ERA. If he stops performing, when he's, if they want to send him down, he's gone. We've seen that story with uh, Chasen Shreve before yeah. where he looks dominant, and then all of a sudden falls it just off. falls off a cliff. All right, so you know the Yankees are facing a number of crunch here. Uh, there's going to be some tough decisions that have to be made. One already happened earlier today. I'm sure it wasn't easy to send Tyler Wade down. Everybody in the organization respects him. Yes, and they know he plays hard. He does. So, all right, so let's take a quick break here. Throw it to our sponsor, and then we'll be back. We'll discuss some actual on-field happenings in the past week. 
What's up, everyone? I'm Brandon from BrandonRendiniFitness.com, and I am an online fitness coach. My goal is to help you reach your fitness goals, so by purchasing one of my plans, you will receive a personalized meal plan and a workout plan to help you reach your goals. You will have 24-7 access to me for questions, and we would have scheduled weekly check-ins to make sure you're staying on track. What sets me apart is I want to help you find balance. I don't expect you to eat grilled chicken breast all day long. I understand that life happens and you're going to want to eat that piece of cake or that slice of pizza, which is why my plans are perfect for that. To make things more interesting, I am offering a special promo code for NYY Sports Talk listeners. If you purchase any of my plans, you can use the code NYYST and get 10% off. Again, that's promo code NYYST in all capital letters. So head to BrandonRendiniFitness.com today and find the plan that works best for you. All right, we're back here. This is episode 39 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Uh, we were going to get into a little game action in the past week, but somebody has a little game action of their own that he has to uh, attend to today. Although I don't know why he's making us rush to get him on when he's not in the he's not in the lineup today. Seems like whenever Gardy's coming on the show, that he's off that day. And uh, does he? Do you think he's requesting these days off? I don't know. Did he cause a monsoon in Detroit last week? Uh, and no, he wasn't going to be in that lineup anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I don't remember. Um, and of course, that guy Rye had to leave the room. I think he, he was grabbing his butt, and he's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have had those tacos last night." I think he had Tyler Wade syndrome. He had taco butt or poopy butt. <laughs> All right, so let's bring him in now. One of these weeks, they'll be in, they'll be in the room <clears throat> at the same time. It's time for the weekly Guardy report. This week is brought to you by We're All Tied Up. Go to We're All uh, visit We're All Tied Up on Instagram to get uh, a custom wreath made. We'll be giving away a custom Yankee wreath one of these weeks. Whenever Chris decides that it's appropriate, this week. Okay, this week. All right, so let's go to the Guardy report. Guardy, how you doing, fellas? What's going on, guys? Guardy, so did you run? Guys, let's speed this thing up, man. The game starts in like 22 minutes. Come on now. Did you run all the way from the Bronx? Uh, no, I, I took my jet here. The, took you jet. took the Brett jet from yeah, the look Bronx? Outside to- there. Look outside in the driveway. You see my little Brett jet in there? <laughs> that was that. That's what shook the house? That's what that loud noise was. That oh, was Brett. All right. So we're going to, uh, got a couple of different questions for you this week, Brett. I've been, uh, I haven't picked up Brian Hoke's book in the last week. Uh, been, I haven't had time to read it, but I started reading a little bit more of this, um, past few days and there's a little <clears throat> you said that there was more about you later on in the book right right so i uh i found the chat i found it and apparently last uh season <clears throat> you uh you implored aaron judge to come live with you for a little while right and uh your wife and your kids took a little in-season vacay so it was just you and the uh, judge crashing at the bachelor the bachelor pad the guardy bachelor pad oh yeah you made him take out the trash, Guardy. Why is why did you have Aaron Judge do chores at your house? Well, I mean, you know, he's the new guy, so you got to break in the new guy, right? I mean, make him take out my trash. I'm not doing it. Also, taking out the trash, if you think about it, it's kind of hard. I mean, you know, what do I do? Do I do I take the trash out? Do I put it in the blue bin? Do I put it in the one with the wheels on it? Can I use can I use a garbage bin as as a suitcase? With the wheels, and if, if what if I can't find my luggage? Can I use that? So you know, it's a, it's pretty hard, and uh, just felt like you know breaking Judge. So Judge hit more home runs last year than you did in your entire career. Did that yes. make you jealous? 
Uh, kind of a little bit. And I mean, so you punished him by making him clean his dishes and take out the garbage? Yeah, man, that's the only way I saw fit there. Is that what they do in Holly Hill? That's exactly what they do down there in Holly Hill. Uh, all right, Brett. I, I don't. I don't know, man. I kind of lost a little respect for you. Right, well, I'll get. It. I'll gain it back. All right. All right. Maybe you can gain it back on this question and give me give the fans an accurate answer to this one. It's burning up the Twitter sphere here. <clears throat> it was after Easter that Judge came to stay with you, and your kids uh, had some leftover Easter candy, and Aaron ate it all. And he has not been invited back to your house since then. Is the rumor true that you banned Aaron Judge from your house for eating all your kids' Easter candy? I'm going to tell y'all guys right now, that is 100% true. I mean, I do not trust this guy around candy. I mean, you know, this is the second, this is the second damn holiday he's done it to me. I had him over, over the house, uh, for Halloween and he just totally, he, he, he stole all my kids' candy and it's like, it's like, how many times are you going to do this, dude? And like, Easter, it's different, I guess, because he's got them, them teeth. He's got them bunny teeth with a gap in there. So, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he just thinks he's a bunny or something. Wants to take all my candy. I don't know. But he's done. He's done. It's That's not going it. to happen again. I'll he tell he you will that. never be invited back to the Gardner house. That's right. All right, Guardy. Last thing before we let you go this and you week. You quote me on that. <laughs> uh, oftentimes, um, when... The Yankees are playing in the Bronx. Um, they'll Photoshop a picture of you over former WWE champion Bret the Hitman Hart. Um, got me wondering, as a big pro wrestling fan myself, if you were a wrestler, what would your finishing move be called? Oh, my finishing move? It'd probably be called the Guardy Hard Slide. You know, I'd, I'd go to the one end of the ring and uh, I'd charge at my opponent and last second, just dive right down there, dirty slide right to the shin. And that would get the three count? That would be the guardy hard slide. Yeah, I'd, I'd take him down and I'd pin him. So it would be fair to say then if you were a WWE superstar, you would wrestle hard? 100%. <laughs> and I'd be called the gardener. The, just the gardener? Yep. You wouldn't want to be called anything else? Nope. So they would announce you as the gardener from Holly Hill? The gardener. Just the gardener. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brett, uh, we can see that this interview is going nowhere this week. Yeah, guys, my mind's a little elsewhere today. Are you upset that you're not in the lineup today? Yeah, I mean, this Torres kid's getting in there today, so I guess I had to do that. But, I mean, who's pitching today for Toronto? Uh, Jaime Garcia. Oh, that's why. It's a lefty. Are you afraid of lefties? I don't like lefties. All right, Brett, thank you very much. Uh, just try not to shake the uh, the foundation of the building while we're recording. Yeah, I'll be quiet. I'll, I'll try to keep it down. Maybe I'll I'll take off in about twenty minutes, so the uh-huh. should be done. All right, Brett. Thank you for jo- no problem. Thank you for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Brett. No problem. All right, all right. That was the weekly Guardy report. Uh, Ryan, you missed it again. I really, I just don't feel too good today, guys. It's not even a big deal. So, because Tyler Wade got sent down and he had poopy butt earlier in the season, did you get transference of poopy butt today? I think that, I think that's what happened. It's, uh, what do they call that? Sympathy? Sympathy, Sympathy pains? pains? It's like, it's Sympathy. Ha- Sympathy. It's usually what happens when, uh, I don't know, your wife was pregnant. Did you, uh, did you get sympathy pains? Usually it happens to, to males during pregnancies. She told me that, well, she, whether she's pregnant or not, whenever something's wrong with her, apparently it's also wrong with me. Can so. I call your wife to task for a minute here yeah. while we have a second? I love your wife. I really do. So uh, do I. Obviously. Honestly. I hope. <clears throat> yeah, we'd hope that you love your wife. I, I do. I, 
she's a great woman, great mother to the kids. Um, what she sees in you, I still don't know. It's her one. Everybody's got their one major flaw, right? right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like that your wife likes to stir shit in my marriage. <laughs> Because she says that she listens to the show weekly, but then will only text my wife when when, she, when I take a pot so, shot at my wife. I know, I know. I like it though. I like I like the passion. I like the fire of who of my wife that she's causing problems in your best yeah. friend's marriage. I love it because you know it, that didn't go over too well. <laughs> the the what I told you when you said two years feels like forty on your anniversary. <laughs> so <clears throat> you're clearing your throat a lot today you okay i don't you have know. allergies yeah something like that it's not me today i know it's, you. it's the weather <laughs> <laughs> so meg i'm not taking any shots at my wife today i love her very much we had a nice anniversary where we signed our our tax papers that nice. was very exciting very. Uh, so please call her and say hey he didn't take any shots at you this week or uh, don't i don't really care yeah but I just felt like I needed to get that out in the open. That's actually a good segue into the Marlins series. Why? Because now you could take that pent up aggression and and really, uh, really let it out. All right. So anyway, all four of us, you and I, and both of our wives, were at Yankee Stadium on Tuesday. Yankees won Monday. They buried the Marlins, which they should do, right? Right? Because the Marlins are bad. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we got to the stadium a little late. Uh, just as the game was starting, and by the time we sat down, it was three nothing. Not the first time Tanaka's done that to us at the stadium, but you just had this feeling like, even though they were playing the Marlins, you just had this feeling like that night was going to get out of hand, and it did. What was the fun? Maybe nine to one. Was it nine to one? Mm-hmm. I nine think we one. had checked out at seven to one. Nine to one. No. We checked out when it was 7 7 nothing because Andujar hit that home run in the ninth right. inning, right? Um, as I said, it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had at Yankee Stadium between the weather and the way the team played. It was, I don't know if you want to call it hitting rock bottom, but it was pretty bad. You got Masahiro Tanaka out there, who's supposed to be your number two starter, who can't even get through the first inning without putting up, letting a... a Bad team put up a crooked number on him. Not just a bad team. They're like like I stated, this is a team that is so depleted they can't even put seven thousand people in seats to watch them play. And this guy comes out, and I know Tanaka's not our ace anymore, but a number two guy doesn't come out and lose a game like that to the Marlins. I'm not saying the Yankees can't go out and lose a game to the Marlins, right? It's baseball. Anything happens on any day. But you have a team that is struggling, okay? They're struggling to hit their stride. These are the times when you find a way to hit your stride, when you play these bad teams. Ryan just pulled this up for me. Do you want to hear what his numbers are this year to knock in four starts? I know what they are. 22 in the third innings, 6.45 ERA, and... A very healthy five home runs allowed. I know. This is supposed to be your number two starter. And yes, what did he did he eclipse five earned runs allowed last year? I mean, his ERA was over five last year. Did he just get it under? No, it was under. 
So it's still, four, it eight, was nine, I think. friggin' high. But it was only under five because he had a dominant last four or five starts. Again, so are we supposed to sit through this and and then hope that the Yankees get to October and then he finds out that he can pitch like an ace? But you have to also understand something. He was up and down pretty much all year last year. That's what I'm saying. Are we supposed to sit through this again this year? Maybe, because look at his first two starts. His first two starts were good, then his next two were bad. He he ended the year with a 4-7-4. That sucks. I'm sorry. It does suck. But listen, we've talked about this, right? Whether Tanaka's up and down or not, don't you still see this team making the playoffs? Or at least expect them to? Not with the way the... Listen... Starts from him where he's given up five, six runs, way heavier when the team's not clicking. All right. Well, here's what the issue is, right? You're Masahiro Tanaka. You're getting paid a ton of money to be the number two starter on this ball club. You were actually paid that money to be the ace of this ball club, and Luis Severino took that spot from you, right? Mm-hmm. When the Miami Marlins are in town and this team needs to get themselves on a winning streak, you cannot shit the bed like that. No, I'm you sorry. Can't. You cannot you can't. do that. And and it goes right back and to And if the Yankees lost that game two to one because they couldn't score, okay, you know what? The offense was off because right. that kid that pitched for Miami is he's good. good. Okay. He's good. He's a little wild, but he's good. And he was throwing a no hitter against the Mets before it Mattingly took right. him out of the game. He's their top pitching prospect. So you can if you get shut down by him, I live with it. But lose that game two to one. Right. Don't lose it nine to one. Right. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. And you know, I've said this in the past a million times, and this is a great example of it. Tanaka, when he is on, is arguably one of the best pitchers in the game right now. No one can argue that when he's on. And he has the stuff. To be an ace. However, it's in the moments when he doesn't have his stuff that proves to me that he can never has that ace mentality. And this, this is a great example of a guy who was supposed to have that ace mentality doesn't go out there and put your team in a hole against an awful team like the Marlins, like he did. Even when an ace has his bad stuff, he finds a way to keep his team in a game. And Tanaka never does that. When Tanaka's bad, he's bad. Isn't that what aggravates you so much about him? He, he doesn't have the ability that CC's the bat that he has to limit damage. Right. And that's why I always said he's never been an ace for this team. Yes, he's had games where he's pitched like an ace, of course. He's had stretches where he's pitched like an ace. I'm not saying that he doesn't have the kind of stuff to be an ace. It's that it's those times when you need him to buckle down and put the team on his back like an ace would do. He doesn't do it. He doesn't seem to know how to do it. And that's why I ne- the regular season no. anyway. And, and you know what? That's why I've never considered him an ace. And it looks like I never will. Because Severino's just that good. Alright, so I don't know. I've never wanted to leave Yankee Stadium so bad as I wanted to leave Tuesday. No, uh, Tuesday. I agree. Did you guys stay the whole game? No. Yeah. No, I, and you know what? I never cold. leave games early. Never leave. But you know what? There was no glimmer of hope from that team that night, nope. and the weather was just atrocious. And you can call us fakes or whatever, but, okay, you sit through that that nonsense. And just the fans were they they were just, like, on a different level that right. night. Just wanted – it was just not a fun time to be at Yankee Stadium. And yeah. I w- would, most times I would rather be 
at Yankee Stadium than anywhere else in the world, but just not I wanna on Tuesday. S- I want to segue quickly into from Tanaka real quick. I got into a little debate with someone on Facebook that he wasn't defending Sonny Gray, right? He wasn't – we were talking about Sonny Gray and the pitching staff, Tanaka's troubles, so on and so forth. He wasn't defending Sonny Gray, but what he was saying was in total – He's been here for 15 starts. And if you backtrack those 15 starts, he actually has a decent amount of quality starts. And it made me go back into the numbers for all the pitchers. Okay. In 15 starts, Sonny Gray has how many quality starts do you think? 10. Six. That's it? Mm -hmm. That's not a good ratio. It's not. But if you go back to when he first came here, I didn't realize how good he was last year over his first five or six starts. He went six or seven innings or even more in all of his first like four or five starts and only gave up two or less runs. And then it's like over the last four or five games, he's just (laughs) lost everything. You know what? Sonny had the issue, the same thing in Oakland, is that the team, for whatever reason, teams just don't score for him. But it's been on him the last couple of times out, which we'll get we'll get to because I want to just briefly touch on uh, Thursday's game. Yanks started a four game set with the Blue Jays. Uh, that was CC Sabathia's first game off the DL. He looked great. Uh, what did he go four and a third or four and two thirds? Yeah, and that was that was mainly because I think I think they had a cutoff four of around four and two thirds. He went uh, through seventy one pitches. Boone no said he runs. wasn't going to push a must patch seventy five. That's anyway. what I figured. I figured that was his cutoff. But no earned runs. I mean, he gave up two runs. None were earned. So he looked really good. His slider looked sharp. Um, It was definitely a a nice first start back for CeCe. So uh, basically Aaron Judge just keeps doing what he does. He was the fastest player in Major League history to hit 61 home runs in terms of games played. And then yesterday became the fastest player in terms of game played to hit 62 home runs in their (laughs) career. But then Didi does his thing, gets a big RBI single, and then, you know, the Yankees win 4-3. to three. Robertson tried to give the game away. Bases loaded, nobody out. Managed to only give up a run there. That was pretty impressive. And but. then, I don't know if you, you guys picked up on this, but that was the first time this season that Aroldis Chapman had bravado in Moxie on the mound in terms of what he felt about his fastball. Let me tell you something. The Aroldis Chapman I saw at the end of that game, is the guy that the Yankees had acquired. That, in their mind, that's the closer that they were getting. And if he is on that kind of level, he is the best closer in the game. Because he hadn't really hit 100 all year, and he was touching 100 consistently, and he was just pumping that fastball in there. And that was the first time this season I've seen him put his balls on the table and say, this is my fastball and you're not hitting it. And they didn't. And you know what? You know what the best part of it was? The final strike. And what did Chapman do? He just stood on the mound and stared in, and he pretty much said with his eyes, I'm the guy in the ninth, and no one's going to touch me. If you give me a lead in the ninth, I'm going to close it out. And it was a very good feeling for this team because outside of Robertson's one run, everyone seems to be really buckling down again. But Tansis even looks good right now. I don't want to you know, jump to conclusions, but... You're even confident right now in, in Batansis again, which is, again, very important. All right, so that was nice of the team that 
out the off day washed away the bad Miami game. They come out, they get a good win over a division rival who was playing well. I think Toronto came into this series at twelve and five. Yeah. All right, so twelve or yeah, twelve, 12 and five. five. So now they'd be what They're thirteen, 13 and six. six. So you know, Toronto's playing good ball to start the season. So it's a nice win over a divisional rival, and then you know, here comes Friday. Yankees put up a pair of two run home runs. Uh, Stanton and who with the other one? Tyler uh, Austin. Tyler Austin. And here comes Sonny Gray. Well, here's what I'll say. It's a four game set, right? And right now. The way the Yankees are playing, you can't split this series. You got to find a way to win it. And yeah, that loss sucked. And it sucked to see Sonny Gray go out there and blow another lead twice within what three innings. Uh, it was terrible. However, you separate yourself from that game after it's over and you say, look, Montgomery needs to come out tomorrow. And he needs to win this game. And the offense needs to be explosive. And they need to win this game because on Sunday you have your ace going back out there. And you have to be confident that Severino is going to shut them down today. And you're going to take this four-game series. You're going to take three. And I think that only puts them one game behind the Blue Jays if they do that today. Uh, Toronto's 13-7 and seven heading in today. And the Yankees are 10-9. and nine. So if the Yankees win... They'd be one game... Yeah. They'd, they'd one game in the loss. Lost column behind... Yeah. But I'm not letting Sonny Gray off the hook. I'm I'm no. sorry. I'm not letting him off the hook here because uh second inning, you get the home run from uh Tyler Austin, puts the Yankees up two nothing, right? Right. What does Sonny Gray come out and do in the third inning? Gives the two runs back. Then the following inning, everybody's favorite punching bag right now, John Carl Stan, hits a home run. A friggin' laser beam to the other way. Like how a laser. I the mean, guy. it wasn't just that the Yankees got the lead again. It was how they got that lead. I mean, Stanton's been struggling so bad, and he just came up so big for this team. And you go back out there as a pitcher, and you do what, what he did? I now, mean, maybe maybe the numbers don't dictate it over what he's done since, uh, I don't know, since the, in the, well, maybe the first three games in, in Toronto. Right. He, he, he really hadn't been playing too well. Or did he even? Did we say that he maybe even looked better in Miami a little bit? He did. He was. He's been seeing up until he hit that home run. You saw that he had he gone was, a couple games without. Close. He had gone a couple games without actually striking yeah. out. He was working deep counts. He had been putting the ball, uh, the bat on the ball, right. so you could see he was starting to get a clue. Where right as you know, you'd hate to say a guy like John Carl Stanton didn't have a clue, but it looked like he didn't have a clue for a while there. Right. So you saw he was getting close. So that was a good sign that he hit that home run on Friday night. And what you like to see about from a ball club is immediately bouncing back. So that's what the Yankees did. Lead, gave up the lead, came back, took it back. Then what does Sonny Gray do? Gives up three runs. So now the Yankees are down again. And then in the bottom of the fourth inning, Miguel Andujar hits his second career home run, ties the game, and then, you know, the bullpen, it was a battle of bullpens from there on out. And, uh, and the Yankee offense died. And the Yankee, yeah. Well, give credit to Toronto's bullpen. They outpitched the Yankee bullpen. So that's a, that's a but, tough, that's a tough loss right there. But hey, if Sonny Gray could have manned up and went a little deeper into that ball game without constantly giving back the lead, we wouldn't have had to go to guys like Herman right there or Warren for, you know, Warren gave up that home run, but. Other than that, he really wasn't terrible. But if Sonny Gray could have given you five, six, at least five innings, 
and you have a tie game or whatnot, you're not going to Herman there. So again, that falls on Sonny Gray. He had no strikeouts and four walks in that game. Awful. Awful. Chris, you said earlier about how Sonny Gray started out. He looked pretty good for the Yankees in his first few starts mm-hmm. last year. Four of his first five starts were quality starts. Yep. He only had two more quality starts over his next six outings. Right. From last season. So what are you supposed to do with this guy? He's be he's becoming a liability now. Now, yeah. when a when a staff has five guys, right, in their starting rotation, your top two are your ace, and then your guy that you're pretty confident every time he goes out too, he's going to throw a good game. Well, yeah. then then you have your three and your four guys who hopefully eat some innings, keep your team in the ball game, and you. Pick uh, pick and choose when you're going to win a few of those games as well. And your five guy, kind of the same thing, right? Your five guy, yeah, you isn't, expect a lot more your, out of your three guy. Your then. five guy isn't going to go out there and have an eight ERA, maybe a five ERA. You can live with in your five guy. We're not talking about a fifth guy. We're talking about a guy who's number three in this rotation. How high is who the Yankees ERA right now, Ryan? Who the Yankees felt could also be a number two. And this guy has an eight ERA right now. Is it eight? It's eight, over eight, right? It's like eight and a quarter. Not one point two seven. Not one team would take him even as a fifth starter right now. That's when it becomes a problem. Four games started, sixteen and a third innings pitched. He's averaging four innings. I mean, a he start. is a liability to not just this team, not just himself, but to his teammates. He is he is taxing this bullpen single handedly in his starts. What you define as a second starter is CC Sabathia, a guy that you can rely on to give you a good start. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they don't let CC go deep enough into games anymore. But yeah, I get your point. But you get through if you can get CC through five, you, you you're in the game, right? You can't get, uh, and then you cannot guarantee that with Tanaka or Sonny Gray. No, it's it's that's that's the biggest trouble with this rotation is that. There's not enough guys that you can count on. And call me crazy, I don't care. Montgomery is slowly but surely becoming a guy that you can actually count on. What he did in that game yesterday was really Absolutely impressive. phenomenal. Was bases loaded, nobody out. He had two back-to-back two nothing, innings where... Two-nothing game. Yeah. Gave up he had one back-to-back run. innings where he could have and very easily... seven the next inning. He could have very easily blown that game up. And it was so nice to see him get out of that bases loaded jam. And what did the Yankees do that next inning? They made the Blue Jays pay for it. Just like every team does to us, we finally made the Blue Jays pay for it. And guess what? It shut them down completely. And that's how you win big games. And you can't do that with a guy like Sonny Gray on the mound. I think before that game, the Blue Jays were outscoring their opponents in the sixth inning on by like 40 runs. Really? Yeah. Best team in baseball up to that. They probably probably still are, but I mean, to score seven runs in the... Yeah. Was it seven? Sixth, I think. Cone picked up on this, and I don't know if you guys did, but I noticed it right away. There was something a little different with his delivery on Friday night. He said he was out there working on things, and then that was after the Boston game where he his word of the day was aggressive. And then he's Sunny Gray, you're talking about. Yeah, and then, but then he he kept nibbling in Boston, and then he kept nibbling here, and then apparently his velocity was down. He was only throwing like ninety or ninety one. Just. I don't know what the Yankees can do with him right now, but they don't have another option. They can't, they can't 
take him out of the but, rotation because they don't have another person to take his spot right now. Here's here's my thing, right? Here's my thing that worries me. We we constantly say that Sonny Gray's stuff is so good, right? No one's arguing that, okay? And in those first two innings on Friday night, he had worked on things up to that point, and you saw a different pitcher. He you had did. a 10-pitch first inning. You did. You saw a different pitcher. Which you pitcher. like to see because diff- he's he such a, a laborer yep. out there. He had a different pace. He was attacking guys. Whatever. The second he hit a little bit of adversity, he went right back into his shell. Okay? And after he went back into his shell, guess what? The game exploded. And it got completely out of hand. And what that shows me is that <coughs> Sonny Gray doesn't have a problem with the stuff. If it was his stuff, that can be worked on. Sonny Gray's problem is that he doesn't have what it takes to be successful in New York and to go out there and to be confident every single night. Uh, apparently, he even changed his delivery a little bit after he had the what he had. He had Tommy John surgery. Did he have Tommy John? He had. I think he did. I don't know if he had Tommy John. He's he changed his delivery after a bad injury. An elbow. He might. Yeah. It, was just, it might have just been an elbow injury. I don't know if it was Tommy John. I'll look it up. He also said in the post game. I know I keep bringing up the weather. He said that he's he's he should throw harder once the once it gets a little warmer. Let me tell you something. You definitely didn't watch his post game interview, correct? No, I didn't watch his post game interview. His post game interview pissed me off more than his actual outing. Everything yeah, he said pissed me, me off. It was bothering me too. Not as much as Matt Harvey's post. They they asked him. Okay, they asked him what what's it going to take for you to turn things around. You know his answer was, I don't know, I don't know. I just don't know. You can't say I just got to go to the bullpen and with Larry and Gary and and work hard and and, and, and figure then, it out. And then they I talk, don't know what kind of bullshit they, answer is they that. They talk about they talked about his. Uh, velocity being down. He goes, well, you know, it's 40 degrees out there, so not a lot of guys are throwing as hard oh, as they Oh, Aroldis Chapman threw 101 yeah. in 40. Right. So what's the excuse there? Right. And you know what? Pitt- Don't make me hate Sonny Gray because I am so sick of this freaking guy right now that he's going to pussyfoot around these freaking answers now. This is No, one- I'm sorry, Sonny. You're not getting off the hook here. This is, this is one thing I hated the most about Girardi. I understand guys, guys are frustrated. If a guy's going to do an interview after a game and the team just lost a big a big loss and they're asking him general questions and he seems frustrated that the team didn't win, that's one thing. You're frustrated because you didn't win. I cannot stand when guys have to take responsibility for how bad they've been and they have an attitude with the media. He was one one word answering them. Uh, no, you don't do that. You man up and you say what you got to say. Just like when Girardi made a bad call or something and he'd be all he'd be all pissy about it and didn't want to answer questions about why he made that decision and he'd give one word answers i can't stand that if you want to if you want to interview a guy like judge who really wasn't the cause of the of the loss but the team lost a bad one and he's frustrated and giving one word answers because his team isn't playing up to par that's one thing but when you are responsible single-handedly for a loss you don't sit in front of the media and answer questions like you couldn't care less to be there yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's always something that ends up really hurting athletes in New York. It's their inability to to take responsibility. You see it a lot in New York. I mean, I guess because we live here and we're exposed to it. But guys like uh, Matt Harvey is another guy who doesn't take responsibility. Carmelo Anthony never took responsibility. Mark Sanchez never really did yep. either. 
I hate to bring they up always had ex- those names, They always have excuses. He never just said, just sat there and said, look, this is on me. I have to be better. I have to play better. I got to first. There he is. First, wait, we got Torres up? Yeah, there the game, uh, it's a little after 1 o'clock here. We uh, recording here. There's a first look at Gliber and Pinstripes rocking number 25. He, just, he looks like a good baseball You yeah. think he looks like a Yankee? Yeah. I like it. All right. Um, what do you think the home run call is going to be for him? Who knows at this point? Torres. He tore that ball. <laughs> Maybe. Glaber, baby. No, Burr. screw you guys because I want to yell right now. The Gone sight Carla. of Glaber Torres and Pinstripes made me smile, but I don't want to smile right now. I want to yell at Sonny Gray. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of this all day yesterday. How many idiots did... No, let's not call our followers idiots. How many passionate fans... Did we get into arguments with yesterday over this this personal catcher nonsense? Sonny Gray needs to learn how to throw to Gary Sanchez. Plain and simple. I don't want to hear another word about it. I don't want to hear. I don't care what the numbers are. I don't care if his ERA is 10.9 with Gary Sanchez and 0.26 with Austin Romine. Who's the start? Answer this question. Who's the starting catcher for the New York Yankees? Gary Sanchez. Who's the better catcher? Austin Romine or Gary Sanchez? Gary Sanchez. Who's back do you want in the lineup in a game that you need to win? Gary Sanchez or Austin Romine? Gary Sanchez. Who should be starting behind the plate every, well, not every game because catchers need, need a break. But who is your start? Who's going to be the guy that you want in the lineup? Gary Sanchez. In game seven of the World Series? Gary Sanchez. But. I'm going to argue with you. I agree with you 100%. Sonny Gray should not get a personal catcher. He should learn how to pitch to Gary Sanchez. But here's the only argument I'm going to make. If the Yankees truly have nothing else to do with Sonny Gray and they are forced to throw him out there every five days (coughs) and the numbers are clear that he throws much better to Austin Romine then maybe they just have to put Austin Romine out with him when he pitches. Well, and Sevy, I'm not saying Sevy it should Slider's be. And I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not saying that they should give in to Sonny Gray and do it for that. But what I'm saying is, if the Yankees' hands are tied with Sonny Gray and they are forced to throw him out there every five days, there's nothing else they can do with him. Then you have to make the most of that situation that you're in and and the numbers clearly show he's a much better pitcher to austin romine for whatever the stupid reason may be he is that's plain and simple so like i said if they're forced to throw him out there then maybe you just have to make the best of it and pair him up with Romine. all right so here's two things number one it's a cop out it's just it is. An, I'm not saying excuse. it's not. I'm not it's saying an it's excuse not. excuse for him not I'm pitching not saying well. It's not. Okay, <clears throat> that's number one. Okay, so what happens if uh, Girardi, friggin' Aaron Boone, gives into this notion, and also Romine starts in his next start, and he gives up seven runs in two and a third inning? Then where do you go from there? It's not the catcher anymore. No, I know. But what I'm saying is the numbers right now, the splits are insane. You know what his ERA is with? I know with it's Romine almost catching, two or three it's, runs it's lower. Two point two zero. And the good thing is that is, Romine is a pretty serviceable backup. I mean, he's hitting what? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not year. a knock on Real Romine. Simple. No, not at all. It's I, just a matter know, of not know, giving I know you're in. Saying that, but look, this let's is what say it is. this. Wor- let's say, <coughs> excuse me. Let's say this works. 
and you give him the personal catcher, and he goes out there, and the rest of the year he's pitching to a, like a one point three ERA or something ridiculous like this, right? Playoffs, playoffs come now. <laughs> yeah, that's another big issue. I Austin know exactly Roma- what you're going to say. Austin Romine, ha- pivotal game three of the American League Division Series, big swing game. Yanks are tied one one with Cleveland, or just right. Sonny Gray's turn to take the ball. Austin Romine has to catch that game, right? Yeah. I okay, mean- so who's not playing? Gary Sanchez? I guess. John Carl Stanton? Right. Aaron Hicks? I'm not arguing with you. Brett Gardner? Which one of those four guys I'm are you taking out of the lineup? with you, but to get yourself through these 162 games, however many games that Gray's going to start, like I said, if you have to keep throwing him out there, you might as well try and get the, get the most out of him. And if that means putting putting Romine out there, then maybe you have to do it. So tell John Carl Stanton you brought him here to hit 60 home runs, but he can't start in Game 3 of the American League Division Series <laughs> because Sonny Gray needs a personal catcher, and he needs somebody to I wipe know. his ass when he goes to the bathroom, too. I know. I'm not right? defending him. I'm not. I'm just I'm looking at it from a Yankee perspective of what they're going to do at this point. If you're telling me you can't trade the guy, obviously. You're... That slider is disgusting. I know. If you're telling me you can't trade him at this point, you can't bench him, whatever you want to do with him, you can't cut him, whatever, and you got to throw him out there every five days, you got to make the most of it. We're killing Sonny Gray, but can people get off this notion that the Yankees are going to release him? It's not going to happen. No, it's not. And then, and you can't trade him because what are you legitimately, what are you going to get for Sonny Gray right here's now? Here's what's going to happen with Sonny Gray. Do you either, know the level of prospects the Yankees traded to get him? Either two things are going to happen with Sonny Gray. One... He's going to keep going out there, and he's going to actually turn things around and become a successful pitcher. Which I hope to God happens. Of course. I'm not, we I all want do. Sonny Gray. We to- all want that, right? Or the more likely scenario is he's going to go out there a couple more times and shit the bed, and he's going to have an injury, right? He's it's going to be a phantom injury. injury where he goes on the DL. And then the Yankees are going to give him time to try and work out his stuff in rehab games. But – those are the only two options the Yankees have right now. I thought with his lowered velocity on Friday, the Yankees had the perfect excuse to I agree. find dead an arm, injury. One of those dead arm injuries. But again, you yeah, don't. Who are you going to replace? That's him? what I'm saying. Adam Warren went on a DL, so he could have been a guy <laughs> that could, could be a spot starter, maybe give you three or four innings and use a bullpen day. Sessa's on a DL. Herman has, shown, has been incredibly up and down. He shows you these glimpses that he could be a great pitcher and then. All of a sudden, you know, he's pitching to, what, a 6-4 year yeah. this year? You know, it, it's tough. So the, right now with the injuries and the fact that it is still only April, the Yankees are going to ride this thing you out. You put him on the DL and you're picking your poison at that point. Because, again, Chance Adams is not ready. Justice Sheffield's not ready. And who else is down in the minor leagues? But that- you know what? I'd rather see Chance Adams fail up here than continue to see Sonny Gray go out there and blow ball games. I really would. All right, but but last thing we'll say about Sonny Gray, because I don't need to have an aneurysm today, is um, if the Yankees want to be the team that they thought they were going to be in spring training, they need Sonny Gray to go out there and not even be a number two, be a competent major league pitcher. Yeah. And he hasn't thrown like that this year. No. You can't can't keep giving up leads, especially when your team's struggling right now. You know, they're fighting to – to win games and and pick you up, and then you're just dropping them right back down. You can't do that. Bottom line is, uh, <clears throat> we're gonna take home the uh, we're gonna take it home right here. Wrap up the uh, episode 39 in NYYST podcast. Uh, Yankees are playing the Jays today. Severino 
looked extremely dominant in the first inning so far. That slider is... Go back to right before the season started, and I stopped both of you, and I said, did you see Severino's first outing? Because that slider is on a different level, and if he can keep that up all year, he's going to win Cy Young. He's unhittable. But... Important, more importantly, the Yankees got a big win yesterday. They are up two to one in this series. The Yankees have to win today. Severino's on the mound, so there's no excuses. You should get a great pitching performance with your ace on the mound today. And you got to stop this win one, lose one, win one, yeah. lose one thing. Win three out of four. Get yourself yep. two games above 500. I know the Twins are a solid ball club, but it's a team the Yankees always historically beat, yes. especially in their own building. Yep. Start to build on some things. Absolutely. All right, because Who's coming up for the Yankees? You got, got Cleveland, Boston, Houston. These are all teams in the next couple of weeks that the Yankees are facing that are going to be in their yeah. in their path if they want to go to the World Series. So today is a very, very important it's a game. Very pivotal game early on in this season. They they need to win today. They, they don't need to be ten and ten. They need to be eleven and nine. I know it's only one game, but that is a huge it is difference. Be get two games over five hundred. Win a series versus the Twins. Start feeling good about yourselves. You got your top prospect up here. It's I it's agree. time to it's time to start playing the type of baseball that we expected the Yankees to start to play, including the postseason. Since two thousand two, the Yankees' record against the Twins eighty nine and thirty three. Wow. <laughs> and I'm not disrespecting the Twins. They've been a quality no. ball club. They were a playoff team last year. Yep. But come on, let's. The Yankees should be able to win two out of three versus the Twins. But it starts today. Get a great pitching performance from, from Severino. From and... Go out there, hit a few home runs, and win a nice seven to two ball game. Right. All right. You guys got anything you want to add? That's it, man. Let's go I'm watch good. this game. All right. <clears throat> so this has been episode thirty-nine of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Please go to nyysportstalk.com. Uh, check out all our new articles. Uh, Chris and I both had new pieces this week. Um, plus, uh, our array of writers covering news and, uh, game recaps. Got a couple new shirts that dropped this week. I made Chris stick to that and he came through with our Bronx Boxing Club shirt. And what was the other one? The DD one. Oh, yeah, the DD one. Was that Ann Duhar leading off? No, that was Alan no, Hicks. Uh, so go there, pick up a couple new shirts, and um, you know follow the gang on Twitter. Follow me at Christian underscore nyyst. Follow Chris at Junior at, at junior. Chris Junior <laughs> underscore nyyst and Stack Guy Rye at Stack Guy Rye underscore nyyst. And um, uh, let's let's do a little live before we wrap it up. We want to do a little oh live play by play no. of Aaron Judge's at bat here. No. Yeah, I think the fans would like that. No. Own one count against Judge. Um, by the way, who I said this, I don't know if I said this on air or off air, but I want to get your quick take before we wrap up. Aaron Judge might hit less home runs this year, but be a better player. I agree to that. I agree to that. And I and you asked me this if he hits 40-plus home runs but has 130 RBIs and his on-base percentage is higher and blah, blah, blah. Does that make him a better player? Yeah. I think it all comes down to run production. And I think it comes down to him getting on base a lot this year. I think him getting on base is a lot more important this year than it was last year because 
he's got a filthy lineup behind him. So yeah. if he's not hitting home runs, I hope he's getting on base somehow. And I hope he's cutting down on the strikeouts, which he didn't do in that bad. He just struck out um, now, but, uh, you know, I think, yeah, I think that could make him a better player. You watch him like yesterday and 3 0, that 3 0 count when he just, he just demolished that pitch from Strowman. He owns Marcus Strowman. First 3 0 uh, count home run. So Aaron Judge has now hit a home run in every possible uh, count in an at bat. Does anyone wear 24? No. Gary Sanchez is 24. Oh, yeah, duh. Oh, duh. Cut that part out. <laughs> All right, let's cut this whole thing out. Let's wrap it up. Let's take it home. Thank you for listening to episode 39 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. Ryan, you want to say anything? I'm good. All right, Ryan's good. Chris? I kind of like you. Say goodbye. Woo!